Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 801 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. Halford and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. If you hadn't have guessed, it is time for Rick Dollywall. Hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews, find a perfect fit at kintech.net. I was remiss in the earlier segment. Yes, remiss, Jason, to mention that Bob the Moj Marjanovic, one of the three fantastic guests we get every Friday here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj was a presentation of the West Coast Auto Group. Great service, great selection just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. The other fantastic guest we get every Friday, Rick Dollywall. He joins us now on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Dolly? How are you? Uh, gentlemen, how you doing? It's always a pleasure every Friday. I look forward to this uh, morning every Friday. The pleasure is ours, Rick, because we get to have you answer questions like this. What the hell are the Canucks going to do with the right side of their defense? Okay, so uh, I, I heard Broff uh, Monday morning, I think, talking about this Miscavige kid in Ontario. You know, what's the deal with him? So I did some research on him. But let me get into Tyler Myers for a second. You know, everyone's pissed off, and, and the fans are irate. Two more mistakes. He did score last night. But I, I get a kick out of sit him, healthy, scratch him, you know, okay. So moving Myers, you guys know, is going to be tough, right? Still got the big salary. And if he continues to be a turnover machine, who's going to take him? There's pro scouts at every game. If the Canuck fans know he's struggling, you, you don't think other teams don't know that? And here's the one about sit him a game. Sure, but who goes in? Who's the second pair right shot then? They have no right shot depth. It's a, it's a massive, massive issue. Look at the right side. Heronic, they got in a trade. Myers, free agent. Friedman, Juleson, trades. They have not developed a right shot defenseman in years and years, and they're paying the price. That's why they're in this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, a year ago, if I asked you guys, who's the right shot deep prospect in the Canuck system? You guys would probably say Jet Wu. But here's where there's some good news for Canuck fans. That's not the case anymore. You got Tom Willander. He's coming. You got Cole McWard. The plan, by the way, is to play McWard a ton in Abbotsford. The Canucks don't think he's far away. And then you got this Hunter Buscavich kid who's leading the Ontario Hockey League with 16 points in eight games. Um, I asked around guys to ask why he fell to the third round last year to the Canucks in round three. Some say, you know, size. He's not huge. He's not 6'2", 6'3". He is six feet tall. Some said as plain his own end. I talked with his Kitchener coach, Mike McKenzie, yesterday, who says he's been good at both ends of the rink. Canucks will like that because they told him when he came to the Canucks camp to improve his plane his own end. He's stronger now. He's up to 195 pounds. Angling's better, more mature. McKenzie said, this is an even keel kid, not arrogant or cocky. These points won't go to his head. Very confident, believes in himself, looks like a solid draft pick. Kitchener's in a bit of a rebuild, so he may be traded this year, Biscavich. 
Now, I can tell you dialogue between the Canucks and his agents continue about a contract. Vancouver's trying to lock him up right now. I can say this to you about the right side defense. It's going to take a while, but finally, for the first time, you can say in a long time, they got some right shot D coming. They're going to develop some, but it's just going to take some time. When's the last time you could say that in Vancouver? Well, I mean, I guess it's good. I mean, I I guess, but in the meantime... Biscavich is a couple of years away. Yeah, at least. Right? I, that's what meantime, I said, though. Yeah, no, I, I know. No, I know. Yeah. Like, we're on the same page. It's just frustrating yeah. that it's gotten to this point because everyone could see it coming, right? Yeah, that's like, it. it, it and, that's it. And, um, I mean, do we have anything on Ethan Bear? Like, when, when is he? When is he even going to be capable, healthy enough to play hockey? Not necessarily that the Canucks are guaranteed to sign him, but I know a lot of people are texting into our show and is like, any update on Ethan Bear? Because the Canucks kind of need him. Yeah, I got I got an update. I talked to uh, his agent uh, Jason Davidson last week, and he just told me that look, he's not in a rush to sign. Um, he's in Kelowna working out. Um, he's still on pace to play in de- uh, December, Jason. Mm-hmm. But um, he's not in a rush to sign right now. I think in November, the, even after the Friedman ta- trade, the Canucks are still in on Ethan Bear. That, I, can, I can tell you that much right now. Um, he is on the radar. And, you know, he's not going to be... Uh, a very expensive contract sign. It's going to be prorated. So I think that's one of the reasons. But you know what? The fact that they're still in on Ethan Bear, it tells you what, you know, the problem's on the right side. And it's uh, when you don't develop defensemen. In fact, the only defenseman on the Canucks roster drafted is Hughes. The rest have all been obtained in trades or free agency. That's not good. You know, you look at the active roster prior to opening camp, and we mentioned this earlier in the show. Since camp opened, uh, Patrick Alvin's been maybe the most active general manager in the NHL, if not the most, one of the most, right? There was the there was the Pearson trade to get a backup goalie into Smith, so tick that box. They traded a fifth to get Sam Lafferty. They made this most recent trade to get basically Mark Friedman, and Friedman goes right into the lineup. So it's not for a lack of trying. Like Alvin yeah. is trying to make some moves, and as you've put it before, working the phones. He's also doing it in a landscape, and we joke because Drance came on the show the other day. Like it took about seven paper transactions just to be able to get Mark yeah. Friedman. They had to get a yeah. line of credit. And yeah, there was a lot of things that they had to do. lined up outside oh, the bank. Time. Yeah, but, <laughs> so it's it's a tough dynamic because you can tell that Alvin wants to make improvements to the group, and I think more importantly knows they need to be made. It's just really tough to do in this environment. Yeah, because they have zero cap dollars available. That's the problem, and. My question to you guys is, last five or six years, last five, six, going back to Erickson, Beagle, and Roussel, this team's been in cap hell. They lost Markstrom, Foley, Tanev, and Stetcher because of cap issues after the bubble in Edmonton. Are we ever going to get to a day in the city where they don't have cap issues? Well, that's not that's not a question for us. I think that's a question for the guys. Okay, the team. but no, it is too. You can predict. You know, when 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 are we going to come to a day? Well, it's going to get even harder. They're going to have to resign Petey. They're going to have to resign Heronic. Those guys aren't going to be cheap to resign. How are they going to do this? They committed. Yeah, it, they commit like they're they're. You know, the 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 are, is is one of these wingers going to get traded eventually? Like, well, what's going on with Connor Garland? Do you have any update on that? Okay, just before we get to Garland, let me let me throw this at you. You talk about the cap uh, going forward. There's a couple of painful years with OEL coming at over $4 million, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The Garland trade, teams are asking for a lot in retention. 
let's say the Canucks retain 1.5. There may be a couple of years, guys, where you're given close to $6 million for OEL and Garland not to play in Vancouver. So that jump in the cap is basically gone. Like you've, yeah. you've taken so, that out with your dead money. Yeah. So, but I'm, what I'm telling you, uh, go back to that trade and just imagine if you ever envisioned paying these two guys $6 million not to play for the Vancouver Canucks. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, Are you saying it was I, a bad trade? No, we, we here on the show have said it, it's going to be possibly the worst one in the history of the Canucks. Oh, my God. And it, it's, it's kind of up there with the Cam Neely one right now, it's just Cam, because it's handcuffed this Canucks team so badly. The only re- the reason I get pissed off about the Cam Neely is because you gave up on him too early. Nobody knew he was going to become a Hall of Famer. No. It's just that you gave Tom Watt was the coach, and he gave, he just didn't give him an opportunity, and he left. When I checked in on Garland last night, guys, not hearing anything imminent. That was last night. Just that both sides working hard at it. The Canucks, the new agent, and the teams that are interested. Hard to say when it happens. Every team wants the Canucks to retain money. Some are asking for a lot on retention, and Canucks can't do that. Um, but here's what amazes me about Garland. The Canucks couldn't trade him for over a year. What makes you think it's going to happen quickly uh, if you ha- couldn't do it for over a year and just because he changed agents or the agents involved? Uh, the, the pro- everybody likes the player. Nobody likes the contract. That's mm-hmm. the problem. And that that's why this might linger on. Who knows? Maybe they get uh, they retain and, and and push up their level of retain retain uh, whatever they want to retain. But guys, they've been trying on Garland for over a year. Yeah. It, it's it's a hard contract and a capped out NHL to move. Um, Jack Rathbone, I, I imagine he's pretty happy that he's getting a fresh start in Pittsburgh. I, 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 I did want to talk about Jack for this simple reason. Uh, both sides understood in the summer that if Jack did not make the Canucks roster, it was time to move. Rathbone's, Rathbone's agent, Jerry Buckley, had permission from the Canucks to help facilitate a, a trade, and he did help. Um, the kid needed a fresh start. He got it. There were many, many, many conversations between his agent and the Canucks management over the course of the last year. He almost requested a trade last year. Rathbone had too many guys ahead of him. He fell down the depth chart. He never got a coach in Vancouver who believed in him or had the patience for a project like him. Three coaches, guys. Mm. Green, Boudreaux, Tockett. Green and Boudreaux were fighting for their jobs. Boudreaux thought he was too small to put in the lineup with Hughes. Tockett saw too many guys ahead of him. When he signed with the Canucks, I want to take you back to this. Remember, it was COVID. He could have gone back for his senior year at Harvard, but it was COVID and the Harvard season was canceled. He could have transferred to another school, but then he wouldn't have got his degree from Harvard, which was very important to him. Mm-hmm. Jim Benning was telling his camp at the time of the signing that he would play in the NHL if he signed, not in the minors. He just couldn't get into Green's good books. From day one, it was never a good match. Five coaches, if you count Trent Call and Jeremy Carlton. Three GMs, if you count Ryan Johnson. Great kid, great family. That's a kid you cheer for. And it just it was just never meant to be for Rathbone in Vancouver. We're speaking to Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Czech TV here on the Oh, hey. oh wait, well, wait. What's up? One thing about Rathbone, go back to the 217 draft. Yeah. Right? Only player on the roster from 217 is Pedersen. Gone. Lind, Gadjevich, DiPietro, Rathbone, Gunnarsson, Palmu, and Broussard, gone. Five picks in the top 100, eight picks overall, one made it. What, when you look at that draft, do yeah. you see more poor drafting or do you see more poor developing? 
Well, I see, I see five picks in the top 100. You got to do better with five picks in the top 100 than one guy make it. Yeah. You know, and Travis Green was here for Lynn Gadjevich and DiPietro and Rathbone, right? Mm-hmm. In Travis's defense, you know, year after year he's losing. He just doesn't have time for projects. He did put young guys in. He put in Besser, Patterson, Demko, and Hughes, but he didn't have time for kids who just weren't ready. But that draft, Jason, that one guy, that's it, and the rest are all. You know, either in Europe or done or, or or elsewhere. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like any of these guys have moved on to other places and had a ton of NHL success. Why is no one taking Cole Lynn? Yeah. I do remember that line. The first when you, as soon as you mentioned Lynn, I was like, yeah, like Benning really thought that he had landed on something special there, as opposed to maybe there's a reason that he lasted to the thirty third overall pick. Guys, Lynn Lynn didn't leave Vancouver I, if it wasn't for the Seattle expansion draft, right? He might still be with the team. I'm not so sure about that. He he was put in the Seattle draft. That's why he had left at the time. He never he showed got, much in yeah. Vancouver. He hasn't done much in Seattle. He, he either, was, yeah. yeah, he he never showed much. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dolly, any update on McKeev? Because the Canucks, I, 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 I don't love the mix of the top line right now, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. But if you were to add Mikheyev instead oh, sure. of Garland, then I think you'd have pretty – and the way the Miller line is, is playing, like that that could be a pretty um, good combination of top two lines. But they need Mikheyev, and they need him soon. Oh, yeah, you're bang on. I, all I get told on Mikheyev is close. We're not putting him in unless he's 100% because we're not going to risk putting him in just for the hell of it, and then he gets injured, and then they get ripped for putting him in for the hell of it. He's got to be 100%. He's close. That's what I get on uh, Mikheyev. But I, I'm in agreement with that. Don't put him in just because you've lost two in a row. Put him in because he's 100% healthy because the last thing you need is him coming back early and getting injured again. Do you think the Canucks wish that they had shut him down sooner last season? When I asked uh, when I asked Milstein that question, they, I don't get I don't get that they they were all in cahoots together. When the agent is defending the team the way Milstein defends the team on McCav's injury, um, it, it's pretty significant to me because Milstein thinks the Canucks did nothing wrong. He was a part of the process in that decision the whole way through, whole way through. He he doesn't think they he doesn't think there was any. Issue. Why did they wait so long though? Yeah, well, I, one of it is I, I'm going to guess the player wanted to keep playing. Um, were they not at that time, uh, guys? If you can re- recollect, were they still in a kind of a playoff no, push? Or, no, no, no. Okay, no, so no, they were they were no, they were done. I mean, they, they could done. they could they could be like, well, there's always a chance kind of mode. I mean, three percent chance of making the playoffs. But, you know, I think in hindsight, I think in hindsight, they waited too long. And it's okay to make that conclusion, right? It's fine. Yeah. But, the, yeah. you know, not saying it was nefarious or anything, but, you know, and, and, and I get that Milstein is saying, like, listen, I don't want to make this. Um, yeah. I don't want to make this ugly with a team that, frankly, I do a lot of business with, and I'm going to go to the wall for them. But I think in hindsight, like, they waited too long. And you know why? Because he's not ready to play. <laughs> Yeah. And the Canucks really need a guy like him. Have you noticed that the Canucks are slow? Like, they need yeah. some speed. Lafferty has helped a little bit. But overall, you watch Tampa Bay play, and they got some speedsters. The Canucks really don't. 
Yeah, well, and and some of the teams that are in on Garland are are looking for his speed. They're aging teams, and you know some of them are speed, 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 right? And I want to get one more uh, note in for you guys. Yeah. Uh, the Canucks are having dialogue with the advisor for Michigan defenseman Jacob Scott, final year, mm-hmm. fourth rounder, twenty twenty. If he doesn't sign with the Canucks, he's going to be a UFA this summer. So they're uh, they're talking with his advisor, see if uh, that's uh, another defenseman. He's not a right shot; he's a left shot. Hey, Rick, I don't want to throw you on the spot here, but I know you talk to a lot of agents and you talk to them on a near daily basis. Uh, have you spoken with any of them about the NHL's potential move with regards to the draft, decentralizing the draft, not having it as we know with everyone sitting up in attendance and, you know, the yeah. traditional draft? It sounds as though the change is going to happen. I'm just wondering what the agents think because that's often their time to shine. Yeah, and I haven't, Mike, because I've been uh, busy with other stuff, and that's a good uh, that's a good one to get to. Uh, you know what I like about the NHL executives at the draft is the cameras are on every GM <laughs> and assistant GM. Do you remember last year when Alvin uh, there was a possible trade, and he, he he looked the camera had him looking at Rutherford, asking him a question. Mm-hmm. That intrigue is what I want. You know, and I like watching uh, the kids. The kids going up, the families there. The uh, I, I like that intrigue when a, a team takes a timeout, and then the, the the camera focuses on the GM. Okay, who's he talking to? You know, and and I I, I like that. I don't want them to go and leave that. I think that I I think the camera work at those things is incredible. I think it's a big thing, and I I, I don't want them to leave that. Rick, thanks for doing this, bud. You're the best. Have a good day. Adios. Yep, uh, Rick Dollywall. From Donnie and Dolly on Check TV here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sports Nine Six Fifty. I'm not gonna lie, that was kind of a plant. That last question. Yeah, get them to go 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 talk Just to some ta- guys. Well, yeah, but also like talk about it because I want to do a quick what we learned. Oh, I see. From uh, Pierre LeBron at the Athletic, talking about how far down the like they are. I think this is gonna happen. I think the draft is gonna undergo a major radical rehaul here. So yesterday. LeBron said that the league sent out a memo to all 32 NHL teams asking them for, quote, one single sentiment or vote mm-hmm. by Tuesday. Sentiment. Eh. So what this means is that there's, one, there's not a lot of turnaround time. Like, it's Friday now. Yeah. Tuesday's pretty quick. We don't even know where the draft is going to be. Well, this isn't going to... So, so here's the thing. That's part of it, right? They're planning on having a traditional draft this year in 2024. Okay. Their goal, and I think it might be a lofty goal is to have it at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Ooh, that'd be a good idea. Now, I don't know if they can swing it because it costs a lot of money, apparently, mm-hmm. to like you know rent the Sphere, right. which is what they'd essentially have to do. Um, but the, like, you two, get out of here. Right, but the idea is have one final, quote-unquote, traditional draft. Mm. LeBron went on to say that he sort of did, like not necessarily a straw poll, but he talked to about 12 different general managers. The majority were like, yeah. Make the change, decentralize really? it. Well, I think it's a two two part thing. One, and kudos to the NHL because they made the hand gesture with the money. They're like cost savings. We're going to save you some money. Travel, right? Budgeting. Arizona Coyotes, you don't have to get bespoke suits for fourteen guys, so they look like a barbershop quartet up there. You don't have to do that anymore. What was the other reason? Well, I think it was a nod to the broadcast partners. If we're being perfectly honest, this is this is the quiet part that someone's saying that I'm saying it, and this right. is my opinion only. Oh, okay. I think they, they they said to the broadcast partners, okay, we're going to give you a better experience. Experience like this. Is, I just wonder if the GMs too are um, are thinking like 
it's a lot of travel back and forth, and then we got free agency on July first. So, so it's from, like June twenty eighth, twenty ninth, then we got to travel, and we got all this much stuff on the going record. on right now. That's pretty much on the record that the NHL, while selling it to the clubs, is like it's going to be more cost effective. Mm-hmm. It's going to make your lives easier, and you're not going to have to worry about like, oh my god, our flight got delayed, and now we're going to miss the first day of free agency because it is a tight calendar. Right. I wonder if we should. Uh, we should next time we chat with David Amber. We should talk about this because he's the guy. And you're talking about the broadcasters, right? I felt bad for him. I don't want to put him on the spot. But you're season. totally right. You know, like and, and and this could be a sensitive subject, right? But he might. There were times last year I was like, man, these guys are really treading water out there, right? And too much of it is unscripted. Too much. And of there's it too is much unscripted. downtime. Yeah, there's too much. Too much. To, when the guys are walking up on the stage, mm-hmm. and then the guys are like, "And here comes the Coyotes" or whatever. And sometimes the worst part would be, sometimes the, code, the like some teams are up there three times. Yeah, yeah. Go right? back and watch an NFL draft or an NBA draft, and see the amount of time that the guys spend on stage. It's go up, get your hat, give Roger Goodell a yeah. a, a, a shake hug, a shug mm. if you will. Right? And then you get walked off stage. And then they can do the 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 vignettes about your family, you can have a quick interview where you thank whomever. Mhm. And then you move on to the next. Right now, what it is, is it's a not-made-for-TV event. It's a live event for the audience, specifically family, friends, and all that. That's true. That's yeah. being tried, like, shoehorned into a TV event. And it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Like, it is not good right now. I think that's a really good point. Like, the the draft was originally developed as not a TV event. Right. Right? And it was more developed, and they wanted to make it special for the players that were drafted. And you can understand that. But now it's almost like TV is the most important thing, right? And because it's actually uh, it's a property that gets people talking and gets people watching in the off season. You can sell advertising against that. You can market it. And uh, you know, I I just thought last year's draft. You remember there was that All Star game in Columbus where it was just so dreadful that mm-hmm. something had to be done. I feel like last year's draft was so underwhelming. And frankly, people were saying, like, this is boring that they have to do something. They have to give it a new look. The All-Star game, they brought in three-on-three, and that kind of worked for a little bit. This one, I think they got to go back to the drawing board. And don't be afraid of new ideas because the traditions of the NHL draft aren't that special. Moo cow me because that was technically my what we learned. Okay, uh, we're going to set up the final half hour of the program here. We have been accused a couple times this week of not giving enough time and enough content from the listeners. So we're going to do... Ooh, you guys? The listeners. We will take one, what we learned, and then we'll talk about it for 27 minutes. That's our fault. But today, we're going to go deep, deep into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket. Since when do you care about the listeners, Mike Halford? I'm going to go deep, laddie. Uh, what we learned is not ask us anything, so they're coming up next. I'm just laughing because A-Dog, from your Twitter account, or X, you have... At Andy Cole, 1984. Reposted what, what they call now. It, it is a cartoon picture of a giraffe wearing a number fifty-seven. Yes, that's from that's from Canucks listener Bert. I did that. Is that AI? I don't know what it is, but it's fantastic. That is incredible. It is. Wait, can you get do AI? Can you say AI make me this picture? I think so. I think, I think so, that's yeah. how AI works. I've never really? tried it, but you could be like AI make me chaos giraffe cartoon Tyler Myers, <laughs> and it'll go okay. I will do that. Make me a giraffe on skates, looking like it's struggling. 
Uh-huh. And yeah, it is. It's, it's oh, got the, yeah. One of the giraffe's uh, legs is stepping on his own stick. This giraffe also appears to have a blue tongue. Yeah. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on in this picture. It has medical issues. <laughs> <laughs> this giraffe. Are those five legs I'm counting? Yeah, that, I was I trying to do a leg, leg count. I was trying to do a leg count. Anyway. Have yeah, we gone too far with AI? Well, also, I don't think <laughs> five this Five-legged giraffes playing hockey. It also looks more like a cricket also, stick. Also, four guys stick. sitting around talking about a picture that nobody else can see right now. Great radio. That's good radio. <laughs> uh, join us, won't you? There's more on the other side. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Colonia, West Coast. <laughs> yeah, Colonia, baby, best place in the world, right here. <laughs> On a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Alfred Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Remember when you missed that last week because you had to leave early? You know, yeah. I heard you guys buried me after I left, too. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we did. <laughs> it was great. Wow. Very therapeutic. By the way, uh, I did not listen to it on my drive. Yeah, we didn't have it for Oh, yeah, that's why we did it. I, I Googled. Uh, uh, giraffe blue tongue. Giraffes do have blue tongues, by the way. All That's, of them? All giraffes? That, yes, that is not an artistic decision by the author. Giraffes mm. actually do have blue tongues. Answering all the important questions this morning, eh, dog? Yeah. I didn't know that. If there's nothing else that you take away from the show today, take that one away. He's doing this on purpose because we have a very important animal slash sports related ask us. They're actually just really do. big fans of Blue Powerade. <laughs> Dude, oh my God! They just—they drink that constantly. Yeah, they install a trap door under Laddie's chair. Bio, I think it's, <laughs> now, if now, if it's a chaos trap, it's biosteel. <laughs> Tag it's blue biosteel. Well, for now, anyway. <laughs> um, okay, keep going. We didn't do the "What We Learned" song coming back from break. We went with uh, Kelowna Farm. Oh yeah, Kelowna that's Friday. Friday. Yeah, that's right. Right. it threw me because I've gotten so used to it. Of all your jingles, that's my favorite. By the way, thank you. I don't. It's not like something I control. When it comes to the earworm, that's the one that I'm always walking around humming. It used to be the Faber song, Rest in our, Peace. Our jingle, by the way. Our, <laughs> rest in Peace to the Faber song. Our jingle. Our jingle? Our jingle. Okay, fine. Really? Really? You're, you're, you're seeking I'm credit of, for I'm this? I'm part of the process. Well, you're seeking you, you, credit be, for this? Really? Fair, Laddie's the one that finds the songs. Oh, okay. Can he, we just, play, he discovers the music. Since we've, I mean, since we've spoken about it, can you cue it up and can we play sure. it? And, and he's just the voice of it all, so I get it. Ho- I get, I get why now, he's, remember, uh, he's, made it he's the songbird of our generation. So Anyway, it's time for what we learned. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. How can you take credit for this, laddie? It's what we this is all a dog. This is all a dog. Yeah, I don't like I helped them uh, the workshop show. the lyrics or the song or anything. No. You, you helped them workshop those lyrics. Why are you two yes. cows trampling over the any good part of my day here? I want to hear this. It's Tyler Myers. <laughs> All right. He's got the puck now. Oh, God. Oh, God, what happened? <laughs> now Petey's on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to fade this out now. <laughs> the reason that it's my You want to take credit for that? 
Nope, 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 not that one. Halford Rub of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit, it on the, uh, visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay, let's jump into the right away, straight away. You're shaking your head. Is it because of the content? There's so much empty calories in this last 10 minutes. <laughs> That's true. Um, we're going to do Humanoid What We Learns straight away. Humanoid What We Learns are brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audit, and risk mitigations at $200 off. That was read poorly. Visit them at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God. We're having a fire plan. Okay, speaking of empty calories, we're going to lead off with the... Do, who has it in front of them? The What we learned about which animal... Okay, would I'll do it. it. Ryan and Ladner, ask us anything. Question for all of you. While watching the game last night, I was wondering if an actual giraffe would be any worse than Tyler Myers out there. What animal do you think would make the best hockey player? Great question. Great question. It's got to be something Ladner. strong on the ice, right? So I said a penguin. So we talked about this. A, we did a lot of prep. A, pe- a penguin's too small. I think it's another Connor Garland. They could slide right? under players' legs. Don't you want like? I mean, don't you want a polar bear out there? They're really comfortable big, on the ice. Yeah, the Canucks need size. Can you they, imagine having a polar bear out there? He might take a few penalties, but like, you know, I think there'd you, be a few injuries. Probably. Those are you know the, those are the types of penalties that the team will kill off, though, right? They're the aggressive types. Could of you penalties. put a polar bear in a penalty box, though? Can they even fit? Like, where would he go? Well, he'd probably get a game of misconduct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there would be serious lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> that defenseman has been horribly mauled. No, by I, the- I, I, I think the number one thing if I'm if I'm putting an animal on my team, I want size and strength. I don't want like I'm 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 like I'm thinking hippo even. What about a large walrus in goal? See, yeah, you're thinking now because. I do pounders. agree. What about an elephant in goal? No, no, no. I yeah, think but they're not going to skate. Yeah. Can an elephant skate? I think he's got a point. Well, you know what? I think a walrus might have trouble skating, too. But they're are, more comfortable in ice than are more comfortable. I think you brought up How a really... How do you know? How do you slap How a skate? How have you ever seen a walrus? On, have you ever seen it? Don't they have ice walrus? Wal- All right, wal- I'm Googling ride? walrus on ice. Okay, please, everyone. Wal- ride. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, stop. I'm pretty sure walruses can be on the ice. Andy has made a good point that I think the animal would have to be conducive to an ice-playing surface. Yeah, if you strapped skates on an elephant, it would fall through the ice. Now, everyone knows that walri are very, very comfortable on ice. Yes, exactly. They are? Yeah. Google walrus on ice right now. It's an Arctic animal. Google walrus on ice. A walrus is an Arctic animal. Yeah. Yes, Google, animal, Google best animals on ice. And, yet fu- you'd, and you wouldn't take a polar bear, though? Well, well, I, well, well, polar bear is a I think polar bear is 100 percent of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, hippo not so much. Skates, but yeah. I don't think you could strap skates in a hippo and expect it to survive. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, what about a reindeer? A Majestic reindeer? animal, speedy, used to being in cold temperatures. Well, what about a moose then? Some can fly. Moose like, would I be want... good. Moose would be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. but it's the little a hooves, reindeer. Though. Yeah, a little more lethe, lithe, 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 lithe than a, than a moose. All right. Should we do something real here on Sports Talk? Right? Uh, that was real. What we learned, Marcus and Gibson's, what we learned, I learned Demko is, is world class again, making five alarm saves everywhere. Hopefully we don't burn him out by the spring. Yeah, that's two straight games that Demko has made multiple incredible saves, two losses. That's unfortunate. Yeah. They, the the Smith is going to get one of these games, too. I think he might get the game in uh, Florida. The OEL retribution game? <laughs> 
You saw last night. Right? Everyone scored. saw this. You know uh, how much time was left on the clock when he scored? It was it was the end of a period, right? Six point nine seconds. Nice, nice, nice. That a boy. I I know Shorty enjoyed that when he pointed that out. Um, the OEL thing is hilarious. I'm just gonna put that out there. We've had a few texts in today about pointing out that future Norris winner Oliver Ekman Larson is doing the business in Florida. Mm-hmm. You knew that was gonna happen, right, listeners? People that pay attention to yeah, the Canucks yeah. on a daily basis. You knew that he was going to go somewhere. And play and, like a big role. And this was going to happen. Yeah. It was the inevitability. It doesn't make any sense. There's no reason why. Hey, speaking of... You just uh, knew it was going to happen. Speaking of Florida and the teams in that division, in the Atlantic division. Yeah. If you had to pick one of these four teams, Florida, Toronto, Boston, and Tampa, who misses the playoffs? I mean, I would say one of the Florida teams. One of the Florida teams? Yeah. So it would be the Lightning I'm, or the Panthers. I'm between the Panthers and the Leafs. I don't think the Leafs are going to miss. I think they're way too good to miss. Way too good up front? Yeah. Like, like they'll too much be firepower. See, here's the thing. In the playoffs, you don't get to go play games against crap teams. Yeah. They're all good. But mm. the Leafs, I mean, there's going to be nights where they're just going to out talent teams. Mm. And I think that's what's going to be the difference there. For me. All due respect to the fact that the Panthers have held their heads above water to start the season, I don't know how long they're going to be able to. Like, Bobrovsky's playing out of his mind again. But as we've seen, Bobrovsky tends to get tired. And, yeah. Like, they don't have Ekblad. They don't have Montour. Is he playing really well? I didn't even I, I know. Yeah, he had, a, he had a really great game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bruins, everyone was writing their demise. They're off to a perfect... They're 3-0, and, 3-0 and so is Vegas is 5-0. Vegas is yeah, just pencil them into the Stanley Cup final. So Vegas has the Vegas is the first team, the first defending Stanley Cup champion to start five and zero since like the I want to say like the something one of the eighties Oilers teams. Right. I mean they're they're really good. They brought back almost the exact same team, mm-hmm. and they've got both goalies healthy yeah. now, right? So oh, they, the, they, the, seem, they always they never seem to lack for energy. Do you know who's first place in the Metropolitan Division right now? The Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> An unstoppable force, really. It's that would be tor- awesome. It's if, all torts. That would be all awesome torts. if Torts could coach them into the playoffs. So Torts did a um you know how Torts loves the in-game on the bench interviews? Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually, I guess they got John Bucciagras to do it from upstairs as opposed to having someone actually thrust a mic in his face. It wasn't half bad. Torts kind of played ball. I don't know if because him and Bucci have that like old school like Italian American vibe going on, but <laughs> Whatever the case, I'm like, Port Torts is doing the business right now. Granted, it's early. What do you think about his outfits? You and know he what? the sweaters. And uh, he looks like a nice old grandpa. Got a real think? grandfatherly vibe. There's yeah. like two Werther's Originals in his pockets that he gives to the first and second stars of the game. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, and then a Macintosh for the yeah. third star. Come sit up on my lap. Um, I don't mind uh, it. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah, Sean Couturier's like, oh, yeah, like trouble. Like, you're going to ask for my phone next, aren't you? No. Um, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think any change is bad in that regard like he, he in, in the grand scheme of things he didn't really do that much he just stopped wearing a tie and put on a sweater vest yeah right um does he wear a tie though no no tie he doesn't do it anymore oh no tie no he's a no tie guy now that's no part of the vest right, right? Yeah. and that's like a, in the nhl landscape that's a dramatic dramatic change however remember when robbie fatoric wore those sweaters those like bill cosby style I, sweaters back <laughs> in the day that's a cosby sweater yeah. yeah no i know i i this is weird because I'm usually for change and to do things differently, mm-hmm. but I don't like the way that like the NBA has gone. 
Right. I don't love the way that the NFL has gone. Mm. I like a coach. You either, like a suit and tie? You got two things you can wear as a coach. It's either the same uniform that the players have. What about Vanny's extremely tight jeans? I don't love Vanny's look. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what the goal is. He's European. I don't know what the goal is there. I'm not 100% sure. But, like, I, I, wear a suit. Right? How many chances do you get to wear a suit? I think mm-hmm. like I, like Pat Riley for me was that was perfect, right? right? Is he leaned into it so hard and so aggressively? Now the NBA's kind of gone back the other way. Brian with an ask us anything. Beginning golfer here, what's a tip you heard that changed your game? Uh, I don't know if it's any tip. You got to hit balls. Go hit balls. Just I heard Tiger Woods uh the other day. Actually, I don't know if it was the other day. It might have been just on YouTube. But you know, he would. People were asking him questions. He was doing one of those things where he'd go up and a- answer questions and hit balls and do a bit of an exhibition. He was like, "Just go out and hit balls," because like y- you have to. You have to, in some ways, I think, you have to discover things for yourself. Like you can take take a lesson for sure. Mm-hmm. Take a lesson for sure. Mm-hmm. But then you just have to go out there and hit balls. Isn't that the thing with any practice? Like the most valuable practice you're getting, you think about kids practicing, right? Uh-huh. Is it the practice they, they get at the formal practice or is it the practice that they get and the guy and the kids that end up being good are the ones that go out and practice by themselves or they play with their buddies and they try things out with their buddies and like in hockey, there's the puck constantly out there and you get to try things. No one's going to yell at you. You're just practicing because you're having fun and you're it's almost like a discovery of things the understood right? well as a, a decorated youth footballing coach that's me i'm talking about mm. um i've spoken with enough guys that uh took a lot of learnings from uh, the european system and model right and they said it at the younger ages when you're really just trying to figure out what the sport is all about um i'm gonna try and phrase this as best as possible uh touches on balls yeah yeah know what it is Other than like, that yeah yeah, but that's but that's what it is. So it's like, don't worry about passing and crossing and shooting. Mm-hmm. Just have the ball at their feet and as many touches on the ball as you possibly can. Well, it's like learning to skate. I always just tell people, you get out, get out. Like, how often does an adult get to go out, put skates mm-hmm. on, go out? It's hard to learn to skate as an adult because you, it's just, actually you don't get the, out there often enough. It's one of the fun things about golf because, like, you do you can't start the game in your twenties or whatever, and then you just have to you have to discover these things. And there's no better feeling when you're starting than being at the driving range and you're like. You know, I think I heard like I got to keep my left arm straight, and right. then you and then you do it, and like you pure the ball, and you're like, oh my god, that's what's going to keep me going, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you gotta you gotta search out tips, and you ask people for tips and that sort of thing, and you ask people that are good golfers to look at your swing. But the most important thing is you got to practice. Yep, uh, someone laughed at that one. Practice makes perfect. I've heard that one before. <laughs> But I, I, actually, I actually like practicing in golf. It's the only sport I enjoy practicing. Well, it's, it's very right? accessible. I don't want to have like a hockey practice now. I'm like, no, thank you. You can just go to the driving range, yeah. and a bucket of balls, right? Not many sports, so you can just do that. You can drive somewhere and just pick it up, right? Corey the... WWL, what we learned. The Buffalo Sabres players have their own goal songs whenever they score their own goals. The Canucks should adopt this so we don't have the hated goal song we have now. I've never... I some they did people, this, like... Yeah, and I don't know why they would go away from it. Some people think that you need a unifying goal song that everyone has so that it becomes, one, commonplace. It's the one you hear all the time, time after time after time. And two, it's like somehow going to resonate with the players. I 
If the players want to have their own goal song, let them. I've never found any goal song. I'm old school. Just yeah. a horn. That's all I need. Just a red light and a horn. I know that they've scored. That's it's not hilarious. A song. It's a the horn. De- you it's- don't need a song. You don't need a song. I'm I'm very adamant on that. You don't need one. Has there been any proof that as a species we just like to argue as opposed to like the Toronto Maple Leafs goal song debate that is like raging? In they've made some pretty poor choices in defense of the Leafs fans who were raging. Yeah, but like it's we're pretty it's, bad. It's just like I, I don't know. I think we just like to argue about things in some ways, and then it kind of gets like out of hand. Uh, Ryan and Ladner ask us anything. Uh, oh no, sorry, this was uh, Craig and Campbell River. Um, ask us anything. Are we ready for the inevitable? Inevitable Seahawks collapse this Sunday versus the Cardinals. Classic Seahawks sucker game. Bad team at home with a no-name quarterback, minimum 300 yards passing, given up. I don't know about that that because I think the Seahawks, because they lost in Cincinnati, I think they're going to be rearing to go. Like if they had gone into Cincinnati and handled the the Bengals, I would have been a little bit more concerned about this game. I think the Cardinals kind of showed a little something early in the season, and then they were like, maybe we can do this. Like, they beat the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. but these last couple of weeks have been... Wow. They're one in five. They're one in five, five, right? Um, They're not a good team. Lou Dobbs' son is not going off off on Sunday. So, you know, the benefit of hindsight in 2020 and looking at this stuff, like, retroactively, it was pretty clear that those first couple games where he looked pretty good... Um, there was an element of surprise. And I think it's because, honestly, I don't think teams had a lot of tape and a lot of history on him. The last two games, he has been not good. Like, we're talking completion percentage of sub-50, which you can't do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't miss half your throws. The last game against the Rams, he, it, I mean, he was averaging about five yards. So they've really sort of figured out what you can take away from him. He had the pick. He got sacked a couple times. I see no world where he's racking up yards. The only thing I could see is if he starts making plays with his feet because he's kind of athletic. But I do not, I repeat, do not see, and now you can clip this because it'll probably go the exact opposite direction. I do not see Dobbs and the Cardinals coming in and lighting up the Seahawks. Not this weekend. Wow, hot take. Thank you. Josh Dobbs will not go off. I feel I want to I want to rescind that hot take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't feel like a hot take at all. Uh, I got a good one here. Let's not. Go for it. This is from uh, L. Now, is it L. Jeffe or is it a soft J? Is it L. Hefe? L. Hefe. Yeah. The boss. L. Jeffe? Little Jeffy. Hey, it's L. Jeffe over there. You gotta ask. You gotta ask. You don't. L. Jeffe, as I think it's pronounced. Oh, my God. L. Jeffe. How about What's... jalapeno pepper? Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. I'll have 600 chicken vaginas, please. <laughs> Hard. What did he say? Hard J. Hard you, J. You are not going to make it in the Mexican cartel. <laughs> Alfred first day. Hey, do you guys want to go over some tacos? <laughs> Looking for a Mr. Fajardo here? I think that is how you pronounce Mr. it. Mr. Jeffy? How are you doing? It's the Fajardo. anglicized version. I don't think it's, how, I don't think it's Fajardo. Mr. <laughs> Jeffy, good to meet you. Kill him. Yes. Uh, what is... Why are you all looking at me like this? <laughs> what is your all-time best motivational movie speech? Not just sports. 
I'm partial to uh, Denzel and remember remember the Titans. That's a good mm-hmm. one. The pre-speech battle from the dad from Casper the Friendly Ghost in Independence Day. That was the one you came up with right away, right? A dog, you're like Independence Day. That's the best. Oh, the Independence Day speech. I mean, it's you know, it's a pretty. You've cheesy. never felt more American. <laughs> it's a pretty cheesy movie, but I mean, that speech specifically is like it just it never fails to pump me up. Mm-hmm. It's so because, awesome because Bruff and I are mindless automatons and only think about sports. We both said the same thing. No, um, I was supporting yours. I was uh, mine isn't that. Oh, mine isn't Friday that. Night Lights, Coach Gaines, the movie, not that half baked television show, and the Be Perfect speech. Uh, can we just hear it? We'll get some feels out there at eight forty nine on a Friday morning. Now you all have known me for a while, and for a long time now you've been hearing me talk about being perfect. Well, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there. It's not about winning. It's about you and your relationship to yourself and your family and your friends. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is is that you did everything that you could. There wasn't one more thing that you could have done. Can you live in that moment as best you can with clear eyes and love in your heart? With joy in your heart. If you can do that, gentlemen, then you're perfect. I mean, they went out and lost. Yeah, they lost again, but still. <laughs> I would have been funny. Was that if motivational, it, I guess? It would have been funny like, at the end. He's like, and uh, don't forget on the nickel package. <laughs> we got to no, remember to. Another uh, key. Don't lose the game. <laughs> That's the next scene. The answer like, that was an absolute blowout. <laughs> they just skipped the game. They're coming back. Oh, God. Permian looked very, very unenthused coming out of the locker room. <laughs> the best would have been if an assistant coach came in and did exactly what you said, right? Yeah. He's like, now. <laughs> Shout out to Explosions in the Sky who do the music for that movie, which is fits it perfectly. Yeah. They're this incredible instrumental band. Probably uh, my favorite part of that movie. The scene when they are running out into the tunnel. Yeah. Running out of the tunnel into the Astrodome is... Awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. I get chills every time. Is the TV show worth watching? I've never seen the TV Not the second it. season, okay. but the rest of it, yes. Oh, okay. Remember the Titans gets pretty emotional, too. That's up there. I watched that actually only last month. It's it's. I it, forgot how good it was. It's, it's fascinating. really, it's, really good. I've only seen the TV show. I've never seen the movie. Oh, the movie. Really? The yeah. So oh, good. man. And the, and the book is incredible, too. There it is. Yeah. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, Not quite is. American Prometheus, no. but, you know, it's my, my favorite speech is the, uh, and I don't believe in this, and I think it's created a lot of monsters in this world, but the greed is good. Speech in Wall Street that Michael Douglas oh, gives as Gecko. Yeah. yeah. Really that's inspired awesome you. One. Yeah. It's like greed is good. Mm-hmm. If I only look out for myself, that's actually good for everyone else. A lot of people believe that. Halford, do you know that speech? Or you're just pan- you're just looking on your laptop right now? Well, I'm trying to get out trying to get some more of what we learned because we only have about a minute and a half left in the show. That's all I was doing. Um, where is it here? Now I've lost it. Now we have oh, a minute left in the show. Jay from the Comox Valley for the Ask Us Anything Friday. Does anyone at Sportsnet 650 watch sumo? Because apparently there's something going on in the sumo world right now. Sumo? Sumo wrestling. Do we watch? Do I watch it? Like okay. a weights and fish no, kind of scandal? No, or what are we talking here? Like the actual, do we watch? Is, is yeah. he asking like, do you watch hockey? Like, do you watch sumo? No, I don't watch sumo. 
Where would I watch sumo wrestling? Is it on DAZN? Uh, matches I, are all on at 2 a.m. I, I can't get up for that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to dig deeper and learn more about this because this is what we learn. This is what we do here. But I, either there's something going on in the sumo world or there's a notable sumo competition going on right now. And I need to know more. I don't know if we're going to have time to get to the bottom of it. That's the one you, you chose right at the end? No, because my computer froze. Oh, your computer froze. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bert Hutt, who sent in the uh, Chaos Giraffe art earlier, hashtag WWL, what we learned. I learned that Nikolai Goldobin is dominating the KHL. His 50 goals and 32 points in 21 games No, lead the league by a lot. Let's talk about sumo. <laughs> let's restart the Goldie Wars. No, let's not. Have a good weekend, everyone. Lots of sports. Go Canucks. Go England. <laughs> In the world rugby, I recommend they're not going to win. I recommend the great uh, Walry documentary on Netflix, narrated by David Attenborough. So if you (laughs) want to learn more about Walry, check it out. Walry, okay, check it out. We got to get out of here for today, but we will be back on Monday. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford here, Jason Bruff. He's been a dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Alford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I'm going to try and phrase this as best as possible. Uh, Touches on balls. Yeah.